Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Welcome to the 5-Minute Major. It is me, Nick in New York, back with you after a bit of time off, I believe, and I apologize for that. I've been missing you greatly, um, uh, although apparently not greatly enough. So uh, it's good to be here, and I am joined by the full crew tonight. we got the full team. That means that we have Mike Berg. Mike, uh, any youth uh, activities that uh, you were dealing with this evening? Not this evening. Uh, we're we're practicing on brand new ice though, so it's 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 that time of year. I love it. Awesome. Um, uh, is Kitten checking it? No, they they don't check in mites. Well, not intentionally, at least. Yeah, well, they don't they don't check in women's hockey either, but um, uh, uh <clears throat> intentionally. Mason, uh, how are you? What's uh what's the beer of choice for the holiday season? Do you have any uh? Seasonal oh. uh, recommendations and to get us in the in the Thanksgiving mood. Do I ever? I'm glad you asked. Um, no, it's it's a Sierra Nevada celebration season, or otherwise known as winter, because um, yeah. that's when I swill pretty much all all winter, and that you know with some uh, sprinkles in of something else here or there. But um, this is my favorite uh, beer season, um, and mainly just because of that one that one being out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, beer, I'm, all, I'm all hopped up on dry hops right now. You said beer and beating in the same sentence. I just want to point that out. Uh, I know what I said. That's a bit of a Freudian. We're going there. <laughs> that should actually be a pretty cool name for beer, the Freudian slip. Oh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, that brings us to doubles. Doubles, uh, are you which? Uh, you're, you're, are you at a rink? Are you on your way to a rink? Did you just leave a rink? you got to be one of those. He's wrecking. wrecking. I am right now. I am just pulling into my parking spot as I speak at my favorite over-budgeted, underfunded Ramsey County hockey facility, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Madness? <clears throat> Perhaps. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, it's, we've got a lot to cover, believe it or not, um, and so we're going to get right into it. Uh, uh, from the parking lot is Double's well, I don't know if I don't want to say Ogles children walking to the parking in the skating rink because that sounds a little weird. But uh, <clears throat> uh, doubles, um, talk to me about the fact that it is November again, as it is every year about this time, and the Wild again is experiencing um, you know some trials and tribulations. Yeah, this is kind of the part of the season that makes me wince a little bit because um, last year. Uh, in the beginning of November is where it kind of started to go south. So I went on a four-game losing streak in the beginning of the month, and they answered it with a four-game winning streak. Then in the middle of the month, I believe starting around November 20th, I want to say, they went on a 10-game roller coaster ride of win-lose, 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 however many of those adds up to 10. And 
Then the real trouble set in. Um, they lost a game five to three against Chicago in Chicago, and that started. That was the first game of a five-game skid, and in the grand scheme, Wild ended up from, I believe it was November 16th. The Wild did not win back-to-back games again from November 16th until January 15th and 17th, I believe it was, which is the first two games that Doobie played, starting in game 43 at Buffalo. So, And I think that's a real issue, and I don't have any stats or numbers to back this up uh, at present, but Yo's teams have seemed to had extended slumps in each season. And I think that's something, especially as much of a meat grinder as the schedule is right now, that's something that the Wild really has to be wary of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. And uh, that's why I think that win on Saturday was so big. Uh, and now that they do have three straight, three more at home, uh, which is which is also good. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Um, uh, Mike, you got to build on that. Uh, the annual bed shitting festival in St. Paul. Um, great it, it's this is this is that weird t- time of the season where you know the Wild had so much confidence early on, and you know I, I really think this team for. As much resilience as they've shown this year, I, I think in some respects they, there's still a fragility with this team, and there always has been. You know, one bad thing happens, and it's just, you know, everything just falls off the rails all at once. And as long as they can guard against that, and, you know, the, whether or not they are able to guard against that remains to be seen, obviously. Um, that's, you know, that, that's really you know, what, what Mike Yo needs to be preaching right now is, you know, don't shit the bed. You guys can do this. Go out there and don't fuck up. Mace, do we have any reason to believe, based on either this team this season or even this last game, that uh, they may be able to nip this one in the butter? Do you have any more confidence that they will before it starts to truly snowball or not? Or do you think that they're... Uh, well, I think I think uh, the positive to look at. I guess I'm playing the positive role now. How the fuck did that happen? But I think the positive <laughs> is that the big event, you know, is that Preezy goes out and probably for a long time. But the team responded well and you know won their first three games without Preezy. Then they went on that you know east and west um, road trip four game. They only got three points out of it. They looked bad at times. They looked okay at times. Uh, but now they're back home, and they had a huge win against uh, a central. So, um, so you know, the, I guess the positive is that they have been able to uh, produce points when without uh, Parisi, and it looks like they're going to have to try to do so for a while longer. And you know, we're, we're dinged up elsewhere, but we're still, you know, kind of holding on. So that's the thing that I'm looking at. Is like, I, I guess. You know, hope isn't fully lost yet, and if it does lose hope, you know, hope is gone completely, we'll just get another Dubnik, right? Yeah, obviously. Uh, Dubs, this was your baby, so I'm going to go back to you last. So question, my question to you 
is, um, you know, is there anything to the idea that every team's going to go through something like this during the course of a, a season and better to get it out of the way early? Or is this just, uh, is, is there, have there been too many of these in wild history to, to sort of take, you know, uh, Pyrrhic victories from this? Yeah, that, and that's probably the primary cause for my concern is uh, it just seems like there's been a slide. And, again, I, uh, I, I don't have any stats or data to back it up, but it just seems like there's been a bit of a slump in each of Yo's seasons. And uh, to Mesa's point, I can tell you there's no trade for a goalie that's going to come in and start 39 straight and uh, save the season this year. So we're going to have to get settled in here and reach down and give him a tug and get her going. I think I think I think Backstrom's going to come to the rescue <laughs> by being <laughs> traded and giving us an asset that will come to the rescue indirectly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great talk, great talker, Dubs. Uh, you, you know, the way this division is set up right now, you just—I mean—look at Winnipeg. You know, uh, uh, they've won two in, in a row now. That means that's got brought them to three, six, and one in their last ten, and all of a sudden they're in six by a few points. They're twelve points behind Dallas. You know, uh, we're nine points behind Dallas. You know, so you can't afford a five, a game of a stretch of five or ten where you don't win. You just cannot afford it, uh, and expect to stay in that top five. So it's uh, it's low margin for error time. Um, the only the only good. Point about that is that Dallas is kind of making, you know, building a gap between them and and whoever is in second place on any given night. Usually, it's been St. Louis and Nashville. So really, really, the fight is for those that middle five. Uh, you know, with Winnipeg at the bottom, and then again, you know, St. Louis and Nashville usually in, in number two. So that I mean, it sucks that you know number one is you know even loftier away, but uh, really, it's a, a battle between a fewer teams than. Uh, going into the new year, and we and we could get to the point, you know, I mean, if they if they keep this up, Dallas keeps this pace up, get to the point where they're so far ahead of us that we're we can, you know, start hoping they do win by beating and beat teams right. that we're fighting with. So that's a good point. Another team we can root for. Yeah, or at least on, on, the, on the other end of it, it's that uh, Colorado is not. <laughs> does not appear to be interested in um, making it a seven-team race. So yeah. good on them. Fuck them. Yeah. Good on them. Tied with uh, Edmonton <laughs> for DFL in the league. In the league. Yeah. Uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right. Um, Mace, stay with you. Stay with you, Mace. Uh, is this, you know, Mike Yo has said that this team has a certain toughness. There's <laughs> <laughs> got a certain toughness, brother. Hey man, um, do we need a certain other kind of toughness, or do we have enough of that certain toughness? Uh, evaluate the toughness of this team, if you will, and its in, and its impact uh, on on other things, the way you see it. Uh, need and want are you know two different words, and they're both four letter words, and you know most people misuse both of them anyway. Um, I don't think we I don't think we necessarily need, but yeah, that's one way to put it, a certain toughness. I was I was listening to the, the Predators uh, broadcast, and for some fucking reason, they were applauding the Wild on their toughness. And, like, this is a hard team, and they're 
and they finished their checks, and they're tossing. I'm like, what the, who the fuck are you talking about? I had no idea what, what they were talking about. I don't know if like, my feed slipped up on me or not, but um, I thought that was kind of hilarious and a little, you know, like, well, you guys clearly don't watch the team very much, but, you know, way to go. Um, I don't think they have it at all. Uh, look at the three kind of major kerfuffles in that game. It's Prosser is your, your, your best bid in, in those three. The other two were... Or what was it, Hala and, and Fullen? Like, he's a big guy, Fullen is, but looks like a fucking Viking too. But, man, that's not his game to be fighting. He got his ass kicked. And, um, yeah, I mean, if that's if those are the three. I mean, obviously, I think that was, that was that team, you know, trying to, you know, start shit. And who, you know, Nystrom being the front runner there to really try to take some cheap shots on some guys who aren't going to fight back very well if they do a fight back at all. Um so do we need it? And I and I, you know, go back to, you know, the the hashtag from last year, uh, the playoffs mark. Um, you know, what, how did we win that game when they were running around? It was that we didn't really engage all that much, and if we did engage, we got our asses kicked. But then we concentrated on the power play. And we scored some goals. So that's the only way, really, this team can uh, battle with toughness. It's toughness on the stat sheet. <laughs> Uh, Berge, um how much of this observation, which is apt, I think, for the last handful of games, but how much of this observation is um, sort of temporal in the sense that we do, we are beat up, and the power play is being affected by that, as is the penalty kill and many other facets of the game, but um, and things like that. I mean, you know, earlier in the season, uh, given there was a horrible start to the penalty kill, but the power play started pretty well. Um, you know, do we have that counteracting in quote unquote enforcer, literally enforcer in the uh in the in the power play if we have a healthy roster and does that negate some of this, you know, James Neal effect? Absolutely. Um, you know, when Parisi is healthy, when you know, there's there's well, let, let's back up the train here a little bit. Everything has to be working for this for this team to to be you know, for everything to be, for this team to have a power play that is effective in that manner. Um, and unfortunately, with the way this team plays, that's a lot of ifs. Uh, so many things need to be going right for that facet of this team to be working. That said, the revamp power play this year is absolutely more effective than it was last year. Um, I think Suter this year has shown his vision. Um, you know, with certain players in Zach Parisi's spot, I think it's been hit and miss. I don't, I didn't really see a, a big comfort level that he had with with Zucker over there. Uh, that he he, he kind of has a little bit better chemistry with Pominville over there. Um, you know, the the one game when when uh, Zucker was playing on in Parisi's spot on the power play, I noticed that Suter was. He seemed a little reticent about making the pass over to Zucker that he had been making with suit with uh, Parisi, um, and he was actually making that pass with with Pominville over there, which is kind of mind-boggling if you think about it. <laughs> you know, he's more comfortable with Pominville in that respect. Um, but yeah, so when everything's working, yes, absolutely, this power play is very effective. Um, you know, and now that Suter has shown that he can make the pass and make the shot, teams aren't teams can't key on one aspect of his game or the other. I mean, they can't look at him up at the point and say, "Well, he's going to shoot, so we need to get in his lane." 
you know, they know that he can make the effective pass for a one-timer to whoever happens to be over there. So they have to guard against that pass, but then that opens them up for the shot. So using using Suter in this perspective, in, in this manner, with the rest of the team playing where they are, I think this, this power play is actually fairly effective. Um, and to go back to the t- team toughness issue, I do think that there, there was a game earlier this year where some D-bag was trying to goad uh, Carter into a fight, and Carter just kind of skated away, and the other dickhead got a penalty, whereas if Carter would have engaged, then, well, guess what? That would have been offsetting minors, and I think it was a team that was playing fairly well four-on-four, four, so, you know, going the Wild going four-on-four four in that situation would not have helped this team. Um, and so the ability to, to walk away from that, you know, take your power play and and – and take your chances there. I think that's that's worked out for him so far this year. Um, going real quick back to the power play, I think one thing that we have to admit is that you know one thing that's changed is uh, how Vanek is his Vanek's role on the power play. I think it's been a huge improvement over last year. Um, I think they kind of had him floating around high in the slot last year, but now he's been either you know planted right in front of the goal, and he kind of drifts off to the post here or there. That's where he's gotten some really sick uh, screen goals or deflection goals, and including that that one deflection that was pretty much a 90 degree uh, deflection in behind the net from uh, from the red line um, or right on the goal line rather. So I think that's been. I mean, you know, uh, I'm no no Vanek apologist, and I've had my fair share of ja- uh, jabs, but I think he's been a huge improvement on the power play. Maybe that's what's been making the difference without some of our normal tools on the power play. I think he's been a huge improvement. In general, you know, right? more on, yeah, in general, just on balance. I mean, uh, yep. uh, there's no doubt about. I mean, we would be in a lot worse shape given Pominville and the injuries and what have you uh, if we hadn't had Bannock well, playing. You're he right. I mean, we're without Parisi and Pominville right now, essentially. Yeah. I mean, so exactly. kudos to Bannock. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and Granlin, who only ba- barely recently showed up. Thank you very much. So. Yep. Um, all right, uh, doubles, by the way, had to go to work. So uh, we are without doubles from here on out, but uh, I have faith that we can bring this sucker home, uh, which means we're going to turn it over to Mike to talk to us about with, uh, you, you know, sort of give us a reset on the wild cap situation where the infamous double baked potato at Manny's away from the cap ceiling. Uh, Mike has run a bunch of numbers and is going to uh, illuminate us illuminate them to us for our general fund of knowledge. Mike, take it away. Wait, wait, let me sit okay. down. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> All right. So really what I was most interested in is how Fontaine and Grailvac are going to clear space for us. Because if you look on uh, General Fanager, the Wild are about half a million over the cap right now. Um, and with two guys who have been sitting out for a long time, um, you know, basically you got Fontaine and Grailvac who've been out since, uh, well, Fontaine since the end of October and Grailvac since the 10th of October. Um, really, you got two guys here who are just sitting there. They've both been placed on LTIR. Uh, and the rule in the NHL is 24 days or 10 games. Um, so once you hit one of those one of those points, then you can be uh, officially on long-term injury relief. And that does not – basically – those dollars don't come off the cap, but they are the allowance that you have to go over the cap. So Justin Fontaine is makes a million dollars a year. He's been out the day he went 
and just I'm assuming the day he went on uh, injured reserve was uh, October 31st. And assuming he were to come back for, uh, assuming they took him off tomorrow, he he would have been off for 24 days. Uh, so that's 24 days out of 180 days in the season. That basically means the Wild save $133,000 from his salary. Um, and so it, it's a certain amount every day uh, off that, that they're allowed. You know, I call it the cap exception. So basically for $133,000 is where they are for him right now. Grayovac, since the 10th of October, is at 45 days as of tomorrow. And it sounds like he's he's nowhere close. To coming back so so far Grayovac has saved us or allowed us to go over the cap by $187,000 give or take um, now if it was reported today that Parisi Zach Parisi is, is expected to miss another three games so mm-hmm. that'll be 10 games for him uh, and if he hits that then he went he was out uh, as of the sixth assuming he comes back on the 30th for I think the Blackhawks game um, then we'll save a million dollars from Parisi's salary because that's 24 days for him at you know his 7.38461 blah 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 uh, salary cap hit. So what this amounts to is that if Parisi comes back for the you know a- after these three games, the Wild are looking at getting a million dollars of cap relief just from Zach Parisi. Uh, that's enough to go over by. You know, over that five hundred thousand dollars, the general manager has us going over the cap by, uh, and then you got Fontaine and Grail back. You know, accruing dollars every day that they're sitting out. And I would assume that Fontaine is probably going to miss a couple more games, even if he skated today, even if he was participating for Ryan Carter and Lion Rushes. I, I would guess he's going to need a few more days to to get to get healthy and and be back and ready to play. So, uh, do, do you happen to know, is there a limit to the number of players that can be on IR at any one time? No, there's not. Okay. Nope. The, you, you could have your entire roster on, on injured reserve, although I don't really see the point of it. Unless, um, you're, and, unless you're, you know, you know, going for McEichel at that, you know, at that point. <laughs> and even that won't work if you're going yeah. against the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> uh, that's okay. So very, very interesting, Mike. So, um, uh, Mace, you know, you know, given where we are and the prognosis for these players who are injured, would you rather we that would you rather see Fletch, you know, sort of try to tinker here, even though it would mean utilizing some of the space that the LTIR has created and the precious little space we have actually under the cap, you know, sort of gross of LTIR. Or would you rather try and you know sort of just cobble together until some of these guys start to come back to the lineup? I can I can tell you what I think he's going to do, and I think history has shown that he's just going to hobble it together because uh, he you know he's a notor- notorious for liking that buffer, and we don't have a buffer, but now so I don't know I just don't I don't see him like pulling too many strings. Uh, the only you know, the big splash we made last year was the Dubnik, but we barely had to do anything for him, um, or you know, give up anything for him. So I, I I just don't I don't know I don't see him doing it. Um, you can I mean with that amount of money you know that we can go over now, uh, you can get somebody that's serviceable. But are they an impact player that's serviceable? Only if they're a surprise. Uh, and I don't know if like our holes are that deep that. Um, that a you know a serviceable third liner or, or something along those lines is is going to do much, um, 
you know, I'm willing to see whatever he does, but I, I just don't see him doing it. I think he's typically too conservative uh, to pull something like that, even with a little bit more wiggle room. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, constantly wrong. So just hoping he does something that, that is amazing and, 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 uh, and, and very shocking and as illuminating as Mike's numbers. Okay, so we're sort of knocking on this door, so I'll go ahead and, and, and answer it or open it. You know, you know, Mike, back to you, but, um, you know, where are we in this Travis Hamonic situation? Do, do we do we need a defenseman? Do we want a defenseman? Do we need a defenseman? Only if, if he, if, if, would we be looking at this guy, would we be wanting this guy if he weren't available and hadn't said that we were a team to which he would be willing to be traded? Well, I don't, I don't know what Mike's doing. He's probably back at that Pringles can. But um, I, it, it seems to me that it's a, it's a hot name, and it comes up, and you know, GMs can't help but you know start talking to make, see if something makes sense. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see the need for a defenseman. When is there anybody that's injured on defense? I mean, we have way more need in, in the forward core um, to. to you know, patch that up rather than, you know, salvage some future players in order to get another guy who's, you know, probably a you know really good player in the making as well. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see that need as being our greatest need. I don't know about you, Nick. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's our greatest need. Uh, I'm not ready to bail on Brodine yet. Uh, I realize he's not bringing the offense, um, but at least right now. Um, I mean, you know, Suter's playing at a damn near Norris level right now, Norris Trophy level. For sure. And, um, um, you know, Spurge chips in, Scandadella when he's back, you know, seems to be finding his offensive game, you know, pretty much more and more every game he plays. I mean, he's just running into just a terrific, you know, sort of quintessential second-pair rock defenseman. Um, um, So... I, I agree. I don't. I don't, well, I, I don't know that I would want us to spend what precious few chits we have available right now um, on a hockey trader for a defenseman. Now, if there's and a Brodeen package to be had, so he's going to open right up. There you go. Well, right? and, and, and Brodeen, <laughs> Brodeen can actually score at a higher pace, score goals at a higher pace than Hamannick does right now so far in their careers. And Brodeen's got three. He's three years younger than Hamannick, so. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's this, this is one of those situations where I mean, do you do you want to take the risk on on a guy like Hamannick, who takes take more risk than the guy you already have? Yeah. Granted, Brodine is is a noted thug this year, but um, <laughs> you know Hamannick does take more penalties. Um, you know, granted he's got more assists, but Brodine has actually scored a few more goals per game in the NHL. So I really think it's a wash. And and do you go with you know with the sexy little Swede that you know or the you know, Canadian goon that you don't. Wow. Yeah, and, real, uh, I don't know if we're talking biased over here. We, uh, I, I wouldn't be talking about Hamannick if, if, if you know, he, he hadn't put his, named us as a team that he'd be looking at. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I don't, I don't dislike the guy. I don't know enough about him to really know either way. But my point is that, um, to me, he just doesn't represent you know, a fix for a, a problem or a, a filling of a particular hole that we have. Uh, and, and, and we don't and one, 
Go ahead. One one thing that you know, to, if we if we can shift gears a little bit, um, one thing that to keep in mind is that allegedly the Maple Leafs are looking for a goalie, and if they're desperate enough, uh, you know, you could you know retain half Backstrom's salary and send him to Toronto for future considerations. As far as I right. care, that that would clear you know, a little less than two million, probably one and a half off the cap, and it would free a precious roster spot for this team. And, I, you know, that would be the best of all possible outcomes if, you know, a team is desperate enough for a goalie that they'd be willing to, to take Backstrom for future considerations. Who, who out there is Backstrom desperate, though? Only the Toronto Maple Leafs? I, I think that's the scenario, the only scenario that maybe, you know, uh, maybe Chuck does something if he has that extra spot and that extra cap space. Yeah. Uh, that would that make sense. Uh, you know, have that extra kind of reason to do something uh, and, well, and, and patch yeah. up. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that. I don't think fire, it's... So. Yeah. Okay, let me let me throw a spanner in that in that argument. You know, so half of... Uh, Backstrom's cap hit this year is 3.4. Half of that's 1.7. We eat 1.7 range, right? I, I don't know that Backstrom's the goalie we should be talking about being able to move. Whatever little value he has, Kemper has to have a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> you you would think so. Yeah, I, but then we I, have to play Backstrom or at least dress him. Well, wait a minute. But so where I was going was, <laughs> we're. I mean, clearly we're going to ride Dubnik all the way in at this point anyway. I mean, fucking Kemper. We're going to ride him hard. You know, and you know, we got Russo saying on the on his podcast with Suhan that you know, back that Kemper hasn't even been playing well in practice, which I don't want to get out there because because <laughs> oh, God. God, you know, terrible. But but Backstrom hasn't even been playing. I mean, you know, so he's only getting half of an, of one of the two nets. So he's you know he's getting <laughs> a quarter of the nets. So we put um, each of them in half of the one net. <laughs> so if we're gonna ride, if Doobie's gonna get seventy starts, God. Uh, then, then uh, we can figure out a way to see, survive with ten starts from fucking Backstrom. Ten guaranteed losses, but yeah, we and, can do that. <laughs> no, and that's and that's assuming that Kemper brings more return than Backstrom. That's assuming that, right? You know, so and, what, and, and then, what kind of all, difference are we thinking, though? Because what we're going to get for Backstrom is future considerations. I mean, at this I point, mean. what's Kemper worth? A fourth round pick? Yeah, okay, but isn't that better than future than than future considerations? Well, I think I think you get rid of Backstrom for your future considerations, not a kid who's got way more time oh. ahead of him than Backstrom to turn it around. For Even though sure. there's no reason but, to think he can do it. <laughs> RFA after this season, and so his time he doesn't actually have that much time to turn around in the in the sense that turning sure. around equals greater return on trading because they I mean you know I mean. You know, I think they're going to well, trade he's him. A, he's a future, future trade for future considerations. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think Russo said Kemper is a guy you deal with the deal at the draft. Yeah, no, sure, but I mean, if we're going to move a, a, all I'm saying is, if we're going to move a goalie, we've got two guys we could move, neither of which is yeah, one. us uh, two hot squirts of flying pits right now. <laughs> uh, but that means they're both in the same boat, and they're both. You know, they're both out of a contract after the season, uh, and if we're willing to eat, you know, half of Backstrom, 
then uh, they're both about as expensive to the team they'd be going to, which is to say not very much. I mean, in the order of 1.7 or about, mm-hmm. or if, in the case of Backstrom, let's say, or one and a quarter in the case of Kemper. And, mm-hmm. and that's prorated. You know, it, it, we're looking at three quarters of that now because we're a quarter of the way through the season. So I don't know. I Just throwing that out there. And, and of course, well, Matt Cook's always available. According to General Fanager, uh, James Reimer makes 2.3 for Toronto. I mean, what, you know, just, it, you know, since we're spitballing, you know, stupid shit and ideas, you know, what if you threw Baxter and Kemper at him and said, all right, fine, we'll take Reimer. <laughs> you get your spot. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I would have no problem with that. Right, yeah, I mean, we, we have to dress Kemper because Baxter sucks, so why wouldn't we just dress Reimer because, you know, <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, no I'm available. Time. There's no right reason. Curry. Oh, John, nice. John fucking Curry in a hurry. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> John so, Curry. Uh, he's got to be available, right? Um, John Caucasian Hot Curry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, let's... Uh, we, um, tell. Let's go on the final thoughts. I, I, uh, Mike, let's start with you. <laughs> I just, um, I'm sorry. I keep still having to rehash this fucking goalie situation again. Again, I know, right? Uh, again. Oh man! Remember, remember when we were like talking about how Backstrom was the the good the good deal to sign over Mike Smith, who I think in the same year garnered a a five million a year contract, and we we're like, Backstrom, it is. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. See, He's he, played thirty he, games since then. We talked about the goddamn goalies. Seventy-five percent of the fucking podcast we've done <laughs> for three years, <laughs> and we're still there. Yep. Yep. Strip the C. Fuck it all, Mike. What do you got for final thoughts? <laughs> Vikings suck. <laughs> That's better. Fuck that team. <laughs> you got any more? No. Okay, Mason. Nah. Um, I, I, I have no final thought. My only thoughts are on stuff like turkey and mashed potatoes and um, more turkey and mashed potatoes uh, coming up very soon. So yeah. I think we have to we have to suffer through a wild game on Wednesday night, and then we can have that stuff. So, um, looking forward to the next few days. Tough back to back coming up this weekend, right? Yeah, we've got uh, Wednesday, as you said, Mike against uh, I'm sorry, Mace is, uh against Vancouver, and then a uh. real tough back to back on Friday, Saturday, uh, both at home, obviously. But Winnipeg, Dallas, Winnipeg will be hungry. Oof. Dallas always plays us tough, and then just for the hell of it, we go to Chicago. So sure. uh, on next Tuesday. So we've got a, sure. a, a pretty brutal setup coming up. Um, Lots of good teams spot. go go down six points, you know, in those three in games. Yeah. <laughs> My final thought is um, uh, Doubles talked about the seasonal slump. I think you should look for uh, his expanded thoughts on that in an upcoming art, a forthcoming article on WildExtra.com. Um, uh, I know I personally am prepping a piece on uh, what is the sophomore slump uh, and looking at specifically Mr. Dumba uh, in that context. Look for an article on that. 
Um, Mike and Mace, you guys want to preview anything that you guys are writing for Wild Extra? I got nothing right now. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be something up there tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, same. Um, I think I, I'm Thanksgiving themed for my next one, and, and then uh, I'm just regular me themed for the rest of them. <laughs> All your what wildest dreams come true. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's it for the five and a major. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this is Nick in New York for doubles for Jared Mason and for Mike Berg. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.